0: Future-proof gold from News Talk. Now, science is many things, but at its core, it is fundamentally human to strive to understand, to seek out and to know. And while we strive to do this while adhering to strict codes of conduct and ethical boundaries, that hasn't always been the case. In the field of psychology, in the middle of the 20th century, all bets were off. On this uh, special episode of Future Proof Extra, we'll be playing uh, one of our earliest audio pieces on the program 10 years ago now called Game of Death, which looks at the obedience study by Milgram. You'll probably be familiar with it as soon as it starts playing. Afterwards, we're going to hear from Gina Perry, who's been looking at the science and conclusions that's come from that groundbreaking experiment on obedience and authority. And we'll find out that not everything is as it seems. Here's the piece. In Jerusalem, the trial of Adolf Eichmann begins,
1: reviving memories of the Nazi horrors of the Second World War. Entering the bulletproof prisoner's box is the man charged with the annihilation of millions of Jews in Nazi death
0: camps. 1961, the Nuremberg War Trials. Adolf Eichmann, the so-called architect of the Holocaust, testifies that he wasn't responsible for the atrocities for which he's being blamed. He was just following orders.
1: Now, after 15 years in hiding, and one year after his sensational abduction from... When I became from a
0: military officer to a political officer, I had orders to carry out my directives. From that moment on, I was one of those people who had to act without the slightest reservations and who had the duty of complying with their oath of loyalty to the flag. Eichmann was found guilty along with many other high-profile Nazis who had used the same defense. Altogether, 12 men were sentenced to their deaths. Eichmann died by hanging in 1962. But a year later, social psychologist Stanley Milgram decided to ask a rather uncomfortable question. Could it be that Eichmann was telling the truth? Does it take extraordinary circumstances for a normal person to hurt or kill another human being? Or does it merely require a basic respect for authority? The result of obedience, his study on psychology in 1963, shocked the world. Step right in here, learner, and have a seat there. You can leave your coat on the back of that chair if you will, quick. Take it right off. The experiment worked like this a pair of volunteers are asked to draw straws. One becomes the teacher, and the other the learner. But the draw is fixed so that the learner is always an accomplice to Milgram. The innocent volunteer then watches as this learner is strapped to electrodes in another room and asked to memorize word pairs. This
1: machine uh, generates electric shocks. When you press one of the switches all the way down,
0: the learner gets a shock. Every time the actor playing the learner made a mistake, the unwitting teacher was to increase the voltage and apply an electric shock via a series of switches. That is incorrect. This
1: will be 345. The correct
0: answer is fast bird. And these switches were marked. On the left-hand side it said slight. To the far left it said danger and the last switch was merely marked xxx. That is incorrect. This will be at 3:30. Ah! The
1: correct phrase is rich Let me out boy. Let me out of here. My heart
0: bothering me. All the while, as the experiment continued, the teacher could hear the reactions of the learner. Let
1: me out, I tell you. Let me out of here. Let me out of here. You have no right to hold me here. The next phrase is fast. Let me out. Let me out. Let me out of here. Bird, car, train, plane.
0: Continue, teacher. Every time a volunteer seemed reluctant to continue, they were given one of four prods. Please continue. The experiment requires that you continue, it is absolutely essential that you continue, and you have no other choice, you must continue. The results? 65% of all participants two-thirds were willing to give a lethal shock of 450 volts to a complete stranger they just met. Fast forward to 2011, and a French director inspired by extreme reality TV decides to give the Milgram experiment a bit of a twist.
1: Madame, Monsieur, bonsoir, bienvenue sur le plateau de la zone extrême. I'm Christophe Nick, and I've made the program whose name is The Game of Days. Le jeu de la mort. We transpose the the, the the Milgram experience from the science universe to the TV universe. The erreurs. En cas de mauvaise le châtiment électrique tout de suite. Nos
0: The setup this time is a made-up TV show called The Extreme Zone, and it's hosted by a pretty presenter in front of a live audience who are none the wiser. But the concept is exactly the same. The learner, an actor, has to remember word pairs. And it's the unsuspecting game show contestant who has to administer increasing shocks for every wrong answer.
1: Allez, Jean-Paul, la question 12. Une table basse, une table de nuit, une table de cuisine, ou une table à manger? jean Paul, j'y vais pour 180 volts. Bon courage. Aïe oh, putain! I putain w- wanted to 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 see if another authority was able to have the same level of obedience, more or less.
0: NIC designed the program with the help of five of France's most respected academics. Of course, they expected some form of obedience to authority, but nothing like the levels seen in the Milgram experiment. It's clear from watching the footage that these participants really think the shocks are real. But would anyone really apply lethal levels of electricity to another person just because a game show host told them to?
1: La bonne réponse était voiture de sport. Attention à la châtaigne. Arrêtez vos conneries. Ça suffit là. laissez Laissez-moi pas partir. Vous know, when you see the experiment, you see the people little by little losing their own capacity of judgment. They know that they don't have to do it. They know that that it's bad. But they are, they they are not uh how can I say they, they have not the arms to say stop. Laissez-moi partir Laissez-moi partir Laissez-moi partir Question suivante. Ça fait trop mal Laissez-moi partir, vous n'avez pas le droit de me garder ici, laissez-moi partir
0: you understand? Attendez, excusez-moi, mais. laissez euh, partir, merde! Si, si joue pas le jeu, enfin, honnêtement. Euh, Vous laissez pas fonctionner, questionnaire. Question. Il faut continuer. Question 17. Papier craft. Of course, it's reasonable to assume that no one's going to get killed on live television. But Christophe says this experiment is about much more than that. The, the, the most important is
1: that they heard the, 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 the actor suffering. Confuse! Je refuse. Je refuse de répondre. Il est really crying. It was even not the question of dying. It was the question of of uh, sending electricity shock to someone and and. Uh, 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 Very quickly, the actor said, stop, stop, I don't want to play again, stop this game, it's awful, Uh, I am free, I want to go out, uh, etc. And so, uh, they are confronting uh, uh, with a double choice. And in front of the choice, they choose always the authority.
0: Milgram's experiment saw 65% of participants go all the way past moans, screams, begging, and eventual silence all the way to the final switch marked XXX. On Christoph Niek's Game of Death, 80% of participants delivered the 450-volt shock. But what about the audience watching?
1: Like at old TV show, uh, you, you push people to applaud, to, 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 to love, to, you know, there, there is someone in the crowd who said, now applaud, po, 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 etc. And so we saw the people in the crowd, when they see the, the, the game, they say, but between themselves, they say, uh, with little voice, Oh, how can we do that? It's incredible. They do, they do the worst, etc. And when the when the producer said uh, applause, they all applaud. It's crazy. So they are double. You know, they think it's bad, but they are inside the show, and so they they, they are doing the show.
0: So you're saying that you had an audience of people who did not realize that this was a setup, and they watched a man die. Mm. And they applauded because someone held up a sign saying applause. Mm. Yes.
1: That's the power of TV.
2: Milgram's experiment is still extremely powerful, extremely well known, probably the most famous experiment in social psychology, and was conducted in the US in the early 1960s.
0: This is Gina Perry. She's an Australian writer, science historian, and author of Behind the Shock Machine, a book about what we know now about Milgram's experiment
2: what Milgram claimed in his first published article about the experiments and this published article, his first journal article was about one variation of the experiment. And there were 24 different variations with different actors, different scripts, different scenarios, but the first one made the most impact. And he described in this paper, how 65 percent of people went to maximum voltage on the shock machine that is 65 percent of people blindly obeyed the instructions of an authority figure so when i looked at that original paper however i was very surprised to find that the sample was a group of 40 people so we have this claim made about the obedience experiments And the most famous finding, which is the 65% or whatever people generally put it down to as being most of us will obey, uh, was based on a very small sample. But also that Milgram never really uh, tackled the issue of the believability of the experiment. And this was something that I found in my research that was a constant theme in the unpublished materials milgram recorded his experiments so there are hundreds of video uh, sorry hundreds of audio tapes in the archives of people and you can hear them actually undergoing the experiment but what came up time and again in listening to those recordings reading the letters that people wrote to milgram afterwards and also in his own private unpublished notes was the whole issue about people suspecting that there was something fishy going on here. Ah. And some pe- for some people, that was quite a conscious thing. They were aware, for example, that the sound of the screams seemed to be coming from a speaker in the corner of the room, or they might have noticed that the check that they were given for participating looked very dog-eared and worn. Um, another person commented on the fact that when he walked through a doorway, the other men stepped back and let him go first as if he was uh, somehow special or different.
1: Right. But
2: then who unconsciously, at some unconscious level, they were distressed by what was happening. There's no question. But they were also doubting. They were doubting what was happening at the same time that they were half believing it. So Milgram's claims for this watertight, highly scientific experiment began to unravel quite quickly um, in my research. And I found that Milgram was, as you say, attempting to amplify and explore and I guess give weight, if you like, to Eichmann's alibi which was that he was purely following orders. So it, I really found in my research that Milgram was a scientist in search of proof of yeah. his hypothesis.
0: I mean, and it, it, it makes sense his- in a way, Gina, doesn't it? Because the alternative um, that people consciously did what the Nazis did in World War II, that is so much less palatable than... Than just thinking that people will do anything if they're if they're given orders to do it, they feel that they that's what they have to do. They feel they don't have a choice.
2: Yes, but I think the power of Milgram's experiment is that he has always linked it to the Holocaust, and this is a a huge issue and a huge event that we we actually should be trying to understand what happened and how and why. Mm. So. It, gave the research and the results much more ballast if you like gravitas because he had linked it to this event and i think if he hadn't have made that connection perhaps people would have read his materials a bit more critically
0: right i mean what was there a lot of critical assessment of psychological studies as there is today now in peer review back in the 1960s? If a famous um, scientist, uh, a psychologist from Harvard or Yale presents a paper, is he, was he just as likely to be attacked, taken apart? Um, have these claims investigated thoroughly as, as today?
2: I think we're a lot more conscious today that scientists whatever their best intentions particularly in social psychology they bring biases into their experimentation mm. and they have to be hyper vigilant about that and yeah. irony i think in experiments like milgrams is that they use deception with their subjects to guard against subjectivity basically, and to ensure that the people that they were studying didn't realise that, what the true purpose of the experiment was. But scientists like Milgram did not apply that same rule to himself. He was not as aware or on guard about his own motivations as he was of his subjects. So I think in answer to your question, We are more critical these days, and that is a good thing, Um, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't a hell of a lot of controversy at the time that Milgram's research was first published. And I think people tend to forget that it's now a staple of social, psychological and psychological textbooks. It's referred to as absolute point of fact, his findings uh, and, and what he claimed for his research. But there are definitely experimental flaws in his science. And when his research was first published, interestingly, some of the critiques that people made at the time are still valid today. So what I think has been forgotten in the intervening decades was the degree of controversy and uh, disagreement Hmm. about his claims originally. And that has kind of been either airbrushed out or, or generally, I think, in textbooks particularly the the controversy about milgram's research is generally framed in terms of the ethical problems you know like the issue of people leaving milgram's lab with this unwelcome knowledge of what they were capable of that was definitely something that people focused on initially
0: well absolutely and and in some cases if if the the volunteer is didn't realize that it it wasn't that it was a setup uh, some of them may have felt that they've actually killed somebody um they've been told to kill because in some cases those um those switches went all the way to to the to to a, a a lethal voltage and on the other end the 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 actor just went silent so that person could have thought that they had at least made someone pass out if not killed them yes. Gina is the author of Behind the Shock Machine And the Lost Boys Um, Gina Perry Thanks very much for joining us
2: Thank you Jonathan
0: Right, time to look back at some of your comments now. Um, because it was Christmas and, and everything, and, and because I had COVID and lots of other reasons, we haven't... Um, we're just sort of amalgamating a bunch of your comments, in. They're the over the past few weeks. But uh, we do try to get as many to as uh, many of them as possible. We were talking about climate change, and um, someone says, uh, Great to hear New Newstalk Science highlighting the need for Ireland to protect our carbon sinks and start at home before calling out countries like Brazil. We can't ask them to do what we're not willing to do ourselves. It's a funny one, isn't it? Because I remember someone saying, um, someone on the internet, I think it was probably Piers Morgan or something like that, give, giving out that Greta Thunberg was traveling to a conference and therefore adding to you know, the total carbon emissions of the world. And and I think just by being alive, you you know you are adding to the problem. Um, and and it's, it's absolutely right that we do need to to look at home agriculture, um, you know, transport, um, electric vehicles, uh, offshore wind. There's so many things we, we could be doing more of, bogs and all that. Um, at the same time, we 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 do also need to to speak out against. Um, the global problems and 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 add our voice to the other voices that, that criticize these things because no one is no one's doing a perfect job with climate change but there are definitely some things that are um, that have much bigger impact on the world and, and Ireland is a small country but but we contribute significantly to climate change as a, as a European and slash western co- a country more more than um, poorer countries so I, I, I totally agree at the same time, we, we need to lend our voices to the criticism of, of these global problems. Um, we were also talking about the James Webb Telescope, um, which is uh, a, a huge success internationally. This will um, bring on astronomy worldwide uh, in, in such a huge way. That I don't think we we you know the general public fully realises what a fantastic achievement it is um, to have fully deployed all the mirrors and now there's I believe a, a number of months still to go uh, before the science begins but the biggest hurdles are are over and uh, and it's an extraordinary engineering um, and and ambitious project but uh, Brian Rogers says uh, missed opportunity on. Future proof to talk about Ireland's contribution to the Webb telescope, specifically Dias Dublin and the, and the MIRI instrument and Rialtra Space's iconic images of the telescope starting on its long journey. Um, And John uh, Ward follows up on this saying, we need to do uh, more. He's from Rialtra Space. Look, um, I'll put my hands up and say, I'm not across every single space mission and I don't know the Irish involvement in each. Um, I do follow many um, organisations on Twitter and if I'd seen that, perhaps I would have done it. But uh, another part of me kind of wonders, uh, as an Irish broadcaster, is it my duty to to constantly promote Irish um, work that's done? I mean, maybe it is, uh, but this isn't a public broadcaster. And I, I don't know, sometimes I feel I get criticised because I haven't noted that this Irish person did that. Or that Irish person did that. And I, I don't. Know, I sort of feel like, do I have to do that because I'm Irish? Is that is that something that I have to do? Is that is that my duty to do it? Maybe it is. I, I, you know, I actually love to hear your comments on that. Is that something that you expect of me as a broadcaster, as an Irish broadcaster, to constantly find the Irish angle and 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 mention that and and talk about that? Let me know. Because um, I, I do feel a bit kind of. Conflicted. How far does how far do I take that? Um, but hands up, I did not know uh, about realtor space, and I don't know what sort of level of contribution. So if you want to get in touch with me and tell me what that is, if we think it's of interest to the public, I'll talk about it. Um, we were also talking about oceans, and Ray says, "Hi, Jonathan. In the piece at the start of this morning's show, where the it were about where Earth's water came from, your co-presenter kept saying when the Earth was created. No scientist says this. They say when the Earth was formed." As there is zero evidence that it was created, a term which implies deliberate design and construction by an entity, I'd appreciate it if you cleared this up on this week's show. You know, Ray, we constantly—we get so many emails the other way, um, and actually there's a few I've just ignored this week. It seems like most of the people who contact the show are, you know, very fundamental Christians. I just didn't realise there were that many in the world um, who all listen to an Irish uh, science programme. But it's nice to have someone saying, hey, that sounded a bit creationist, fix it. So uh, indeed, Ray, um, if we use the word created, I suppose we we just mean it it came about. So uh, I would, I would, I personally would very much subscribe to the fact that there was not a creator of the earth. Um... And lots of lovely um, emails from you uh, about the, the podcast. Keith says, hi there, avid listener to the show on the drive home from work. Recent episode on synthetic blood was especially interesting as I work in clinical chemistry. It was really good. I mean, I was blown away by it. If you missed the one on synthetic blood, do, lo- do listen back to it. And he says, real shame about the science gallery being closed as well. Quick question, though. Is there somewhere I can find the older episodes from 2013, 2018, or are they all archived now? Where is the best place to rate the series? Thanks, Keith. Great, great question, uh, Keith. You can rate it in um, iTunes or Podbean or whichever platform you have. We'd appreciate it. iTunes, um, some people put a lot of... weight in how you rank in the apple podcast chart if you if you like the program i guess rate it there i don't know much about this t- part of stuff to be honest i just recorded and i send it to genius people who then disseminated across the world pat butler says jonathan thank you for your interesting program this morning on face recognition yeah that was uh, our special uh, we played two weeks ago uh, always look forward to enjoy your programs you have a very listenable style of presenting your program which adds to its enjoyment well thanks very much pat your comments please, you can email us, science at newstalk.com Absolutely willing to take on criticism and would love to hear whether or not you think it's it's important or my my duty or my role as a broadcaster to 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 dig out the Irish involvement and is that a, is that a huge thing of importance to you? Um, let me know. I know it's important to the organisations themselves but to you as the listener, is that a really important thing as an Irish person to know what Irish people have done in a specific project, whether it's a, a, a global genetic thing or a paper, let me know. Science at newstalk.com. That's it from us for this week's podcast. Thanks to Aidan McKelvey, Simon Keane, Garrett Mahal, JJ Clark, and Giorgio Cardozo, who was on Sand. We'll be back with more Future Proof in your podcast feed. Until then, stay curious. Music.